I V M. Welcome to episode 77 of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We have a full house today. I'm Ashwin, your host for this week, joining you from Cincinnati in the US, but joining me from both their home cities for the first time in a while. DJ is in London and Varun's in Singapore. So DJ, let me come to you first. It's been about over a week, basically, since India played. Are you enjoying the break a little bit or are you feeling a little bit of a void in your life and itching for the test matches to start? Well, it's a bit weird that there's no actual cricket going on. But again, cricket's in the news, man. And I'm sure there's uh, never a dearth of topics, especially when it comes to Indian cricket. Because somebody or the other is making a controversial statement somewhere. So, it's been an interesting week, let's say. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, and Varun, how are you feeling about uh, the week of cricket? I think DJ is right where he says there's been a lot going on. We'll talk a lot about it, but a lot of the conversation has been about your current new favourite player. And that's, of course, Rishabh Pant. So... Are you bullish? Are you feeling a little bit nervous about the test series? Or just give me a quick, how are you feeling? No, I'm feeling feeling good. I want to see some good test cricket at home. I haven't seen that for a while. But yeah, in my part of the world, actually, there is a lot of cricket going on. You've got Singapore, Zimbabwe and Nepal all playing a tri-series uh, in Singapore. So while not many people are following it, I am still seeing it every now and then. Do you think you're going to be able to go get to watch any of it? I don't think so. The idea was to see if we can go today, but it started raining. So yeah. So rain has been disappointing us pretty much across most of the globe this past week. But anyway, if you're a first-time listener, Edges and Sledges is a weekly cricket podcast hosted, obviously, by the three of us. And we are actually, if you're listening to us on Monday, October 1st, or sorry, Monday, September 30th, uh, we wanted to wish you all our listeners a happy International Podcast Day. I'm not exactly sure what that is. There seems to be a happy something day for every occasion now. But hey, as podcasters, we have to celebrate it. But more than that, we wanted to start this episode by sending a huge thank you out there for making us the number one cricket podcast in India. We've had that spot once in a while. We've had certain episodes do really well, but it is pretty exciting now for us to consistently see us as the number one cricket podcast in India and the number one, the number two of, among all sports podcasts. So guys, thanks for all the hard work in getting us there. To all our listeners, thank you for consistently tuning in. We're excited to come to you every single week. We are going to start with the upcoming India-South Africa Test Series. So Varun, let me start with you first. We talked about Rishabh Pant a little bit. There's been some comments in the news. Do you want to share those with our listeners? Yuvraj Singh has weighed in a little. Ravi Shastri has weighed in a little. What's going on with Rishabh Pant and how's he going to fare in the upcoming Test Series? Yeah, there's been a, there's been a lot of news about Rishabh Pant and Yuvraj Singh actually came out. There's an article on Crick Info where Yuvraj Singh started talking a little bit about firstly himself and how, you know, he was asked to do the yo-yo test and he thought it was a way for him to probably not get in the team. He actually trained and then there was zero communication. So so I think he felt a little bit disappointed on that. I still think Yuvraj Singh probably didn't deserve a place in the latest World Cup squad. But what's interesting is he's come out and made a little bit of a point around making people feel secure. And we've we've had that debate a lot over the last year on this show where... Kohli and Shastri seem to not like um, giving giving players a longer run. They seem to like this kind of mixing it up, figuring out uh, different people at different positions. And I think when it came to Pant, Yuvraj Singh actually said that the coach and uh, captain need to really mentor him well because he's a, he, he is a world-class player. Shastri, on the back of that, I've seen two comments. I'm not sure if you guys have seen different comments, but a couple of days ago said something along the lines of, if I don't... Scold Rishabh Pant, then what is my role in the team? Am I just here to play the tabla? 
And I think Ashwin, you thought that he actually does play the tabla. So I think we got a little confused there. That would have been but, great. It would have been it just something. Just the visual of Shastri playing the tabla is just great for me. So anyway. And of course, our friend Ritik also plays the tabla. So Rohan was just saying, if you all could have a triple jugalbandi, that would be great. Ravi <laughs> <laughs> Shastri. But um, yeah, so so he's come out and said Pant is a great player, but I have to pull him, pull him out on you know every time he makes a bad mistake. He's and then I think yesterday I saw a quote where he's like he's a world class player and we're going to back him all the way. So I don't know what's going on. I think Pant every time I see him coming to bat in in at least uh, the shorter formats of the game, he looks under pressure, he looks stressed, and I don't think that's a good sign. But Test match cricket is a little bit different in India, so I do back him to not only play but also perform. Yeah, thanks. Very insightful. DJ, let me come to you. It was just you and I on the show last week. It feels like maybe Edges and Sledges is becoming a Rishabh Pant story. But let me ask you a little bit quickly about him because we spent a lot of time talking about him. I know you're a fan of Saha and I know you sometimes say you felt he drew the short straw by missing out despite pretty much solid, consistent performances. Do you think for the upcoming uh, home season, Saha deserves a spot ahead of Pant or do you think Pant has earned it? So it's quite a tricky question because Pant came in when Saha was injured, right? And he was the number one wicketkeeper. With Pant, I, what, is, what I find suspect is actually his keeping because I don't think he's played a home test match, right? And that is what I'm more worried about than his batting. I think they're probably both of equal value with the bat. But the keeping and... Uh, Pant's performance behind the stumps is what I think will be the deciding factor between the two. And I think Saha is actually the better wicketkeeper uh, by quite a distance. So uh, my, two, my two bits on Pant versus Saha. So what's your prediction? Which of them do you think is going to play in the first test match in three days' time? I think Pant is going to play uh, because of all the controversy that's going on. And I mean, he is under pressure now because of the comments that have been in the media. Slightly unnecessary, I find both with Yuvraj as well as, as Ravi Shastri. I mean, it's, he's a young player. He's 21 years old. He's done pretty well in Test Match cricket until now. It's it's unnecessary, right? It, 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 and it's because you haven't had that much interesting stuff going on. There was the Rohit, uh, Rohit and Kohli rift, which went on for a while. And now suddenly all the attention is on Rishabh Pant. And until he comes out and scores some runs or takes some blinding catches, that's going to continue. And that's just the way in the Indian cricket circus goes, man. Yeah, fair enough. The Indian cricket circus. Well said. I want to address one thing you mentioned is he hasn't played a home test. He has actually played two tests at home and scored two half centuries. So, I mean, he's hit 184 in and only been out twice. So if you looked at his home statistics with the bat, he looks pretty solid, but obviously very, very small samples. Who, who are the tests he played against, though? I don't have that. I don't have that handy. All I looked at is home versus away. But let's see if we can figure this out really quick. Because I can't remember who he would have played. Actually, he played one in Hyderabad. And anyway, I don't remember who he played. We'll figure it out. If we do, we'll update you before the end of the episode. So, Varun, last thought from you. You obviously think he deserves a spot on the side, right? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. In an ideal world, in a Test match, where would Rishabh Pant bat for you? He he would definitely bat below Vihari. Below Vihari. So that's seven. That's seven. Yes. Okay, interesting. So we're going to spend a little more time talking about the, the batting order. DJ, I was able to pull it quickly, and it looks like he played his tests against the West Indies. Uh, one of them in Hyderabad, he made 92. And the second one in at the in at the Saurashtra Stadium, where he also made 92. So he's had a couple of West Indies test matches. Okay, so we're going to talk a little more about the batting. I'm going to start up at the top of the order. Varun, let me come to you first, because I know DJ is passionate about this individual player we're looking at. But for the last few test matches across wherever India has played, we've sort of played with Mayank Agarwal, who seems to have solidified his spot, and KL Rahul has opened a few times. 
KL Rahul obviously not making it the squad this time. And Rohit Sharma is in the squad and it feels like they're backing him to get a run, an extended run at the top of the order. So A, do you agree with it? B, did you follow the scoreline of the board president's 11 match and how that went for him? Yeah, I did. So, so let me first answer the question. I agree with it. I think this is it, man. This is the shot that Rohit Sharma has to get. Um, I can't discuss it anymore because I think there is no doubt that he's a class player. There is no doubt that he probably deserves a shot at test cricket. And so I just feel this is it. You, you score now, you secure your place. You don't score. I think just forget about it and we all have to move on. The board president 11 game was interesting because Rohit Sharma did open the batting with Mayank Agarwal and he scored zero of two balls. So from my perspective, I think while Rohit is lucky to be having this opening um, chance at home, I think the reality is with Rabada and Philanderer, it's not going to be that simple. So so it's going to be up. He, he will be up for the challenge. I think he deserves the spot and... I think this should be the end of all discussions by the end of this test series. Interesting. Uh, let me let let's discuss that a little further. DJ, it doesn't it feel like we've said that before though? Doesn't it feel like we've started test series where Rohit got selected and said, "Okay, one more shot, and if he doesn't perform, we're done." And do we have this problem? Is Rohit that uh, that X that we can't get rid of in our lives and keep going back to? Funny that we say that because he we said this before the Australia series, right? And he was the uh, he was the uh, player who was going to bat at six and he played the first test and then he got injured and then I think he sat out another test and then he came back. So he was off and on. So he didn't get the whole series, right? And I think what we said was, if he scores about 300 runs, that's a decent series for him. So he should stay on. But he didn't play the whole test series. So for some reason or the other, we we still feel like he hasn't been given an, a fair chance. Um as for the board president 11 game, I mean, he got a duck. It happens. Um, but it seems to be this is the most famous duck since Don Bradman scored a duck in his last test match because everyone on Twitter is talking about it. It's it's just set Twitter on fire. All the Kohli fans are going after the Rohit fans. The Rohit fans are waiting for Kohli to score a duck so they can go back after him. It's, I mean, it's it's insane what's going on. And I mean... I think we've got to put this in perspective. It's a practice match. He's going to get a run for three games if he stays fit. And I mean, there's no better way of saying that you deserve a spot in this test team than score runs in a home test series against a quality attack, which will, as uh, Varun said, Philander and uh, Rabada. So, good luck to Rohit. I hope he does it. But remember, we've got people waiting in the wings to come back. We've got Prithvi Shaw, who will be done in November. So... Last chance alone, really, for Rohit to score those runs. And uh, also KL Rahul, who scored 100 in the Vijay Hazare trophy recently. Yeah, I think I don't have the energy anymore to talk about Rahul. I do agree with you guys that Rohit probably deserves the shot. Uh, I'd also probably agree this is it, and it's not going to be an easing, easy bowling lineup. I do want to call out, I think Varun referred to the bowling lineup as Rabada and Philanderer. Which means something very different to the players' day. <laughs> that is what I said it. Yeah, I didn't want to point it out, but I thought that was just the. I mean, I felt I felt like it was important to point out. So <laughs> he's a wanderer, philanderer, and the wanderers. <laughs> if you don't know what philanderer means, uh, Google it because I don't want to share too much more. We're a family-friendly show. But all right, <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the batting order. So. It sounds like we're agreeing Rohit and Mayank at the top of the order. It's pretty clear the three, four, and five are locked, right? Pujara, Kohli, and Rahane. Any objections, any thoughts on that? Would either of you try to mix around with that? Varun, let me start with you. No, nothing at all. I think it's, um, I th- I think it's just been our test lineup for a while. We've been doing well, so no changes, especially not at home. 
Good. DJ, any push on the three, four, five? No, I don't see anyone really challenging them for a spot at the moment. Okay. So now it comes to number six. Varun, let me start with you. The logical sort of choice based on recent performance, based on the the ability with the ball for that sixth batsman, whether you play him at six or seven, is Hanuma Vihari. Do you think he deserves a spot? I mean, other players in the squad who may be considered, obviously one is Shubman Gill, two is um, Kohli could go with his five bowler strategy, in which case neither of them get a get a slot. So how do you see that that sixth batsman slot paying in, assuming slot seven is the wicketkeeper? So I think Vihari will play. I think he deserves it. I think it's interesting to also note that because Vihari has done so well and Rohit, like you said, is the guy we can't get rid of, they've had no option but to force Rohit open. So from my perspective, that's how well Vihari has done to keep a world-class batsman out to cement his place at number six. And I think Kohli had said it as well and Vihari took it as a big compliment that Kohli said, when I'm in the dressing room, when Vihari's out there batting, I'm, I feel very calm. Right? And Vihari's just started his test career. So I think he'll definitely play. I think at least to start, I don't think Kohli will go with this five bowler strategy, at least not for the first test. Interesting. DJ, let me ask you that same question. Do you think Vihari's going to get a slot and you think you're, it's okay with him being the fifth bowler, basically? I think it's fine. I mean, um, he had a great series against the West Indies, got his first test match done. He averages 60 in first-class cricket, 45-odd in test cricket. I think it's hard to drop him on pitches where... And he's a good player of spin. And if spin is going to play a part in on these tracks, um, I think you can't drop him. And he adds a bit of value with the ball as well. So, I don't see Hardik Pandya actually bowling those many overs. Maybe Jadeja, but... Uh, I mean, I think Jadeja merits his spot on the in this team on his own. Uh, so, I think, yes. Hanuma Vihari at six for me. The the other thing is, I think Pandya is not in the squad. And I think that's why the decision is much easier for us. Yeah, that's correct. Karthik Pandya is not in the squad this time around. So, even in the absence of that, I think the question was, does, do you play the sixth batsman or do you play a, the fifth bowler? So, I got it. I think we're... But that's also become our template a bit, right? Of late. I mean, we do play six, six batsmen. Uh, it started in Australia. We've carried on with it. There was that theory of five bowlers a little while ago. And I think we're slowly going back to the... Uh, more solid six-batsman time that we used to see back in the day of Dada. Yeah, I think the reason I pushed it a little is just the difference between playing at home and away. And in India, where teams do tend to bat all day sometimes, where there are, there are much higher scores, Is are you putting too much strain on your four bowlers or are you relying too much on a Vihari as your fifth bowling option? That's a fair point. But what I was going to say is what I really like about India's test lineup right now is um, you know, for many years and decades, probably our ODI and our test batting lineup was exactly the same. What I love about this is you've got a Mayank Agarwal, you've got Pujara, you've got Rahane and Vihari. Four out of the top six are guys who are not in the ODI squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think well said. Yeah, I remember there was a time where Suresh Raina was in our uh, test team as well. He scored 78 at Lords, remember, in 2011. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. It was it was almost the same kind of lineup, and I love the fact that it's specialized. Now. So Ryan has been a little bit in the news as well. We'll talk about that in the second half of this show. But I think it sounds like we're pretty unanimous on what the seven batting, who the seven batsmen should be. DJ, let me ask you first. Um, so in that world, you got to pick four bowlers, eight through eleven. There was some discussion in the T Twenty lineup about picking people who can bat over their bowling ability. How do you think the four bowlers are going to shake out? And obviously, the big question is with Bumrah missing out, right? So for those who missed it, Jaspreet Bumrah has pulled out of the South Africa series with an injury. I think it's probably the right thing. Let's keep him focused on 
the the most critical upcoming matches, etc. I think there are some people who feel we shouldn't be playing him as much in meaningless T20s. But that's a discussion, I think, for a later date. Let's start with who you think the four bowlers are going to be, DJ. So I think it's Ashwin and Jadeja, the two spinners, uh, the spin twins, the Ravis. And uh, I think Ishant and Shamim, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I can't see that changing anytime soon. Varun, do you agree? I think there was a while when Kuldeep was being groomed for Test cricket. He is in the squad. Do you think he's going to find a way into the eleven? Not to start with. Definitely not to start with. I think I agree with DJ's four. I think that is pretty much what, what it's going to be. And depending on how these four bowlers go, Ashwin, like your comment was, I think the second test will determine whether there's going to be a fifth or not. So my last question on bowlers, I think that's insightful. My last question on bowlers is, Bumrah got injured. There was an open test slot and Amesh was kind of shooed in. And we all seem to have forgotten about Bhuvneshwar Kumar, the test player. So, DJ, let me start with you. Has he just fallen out of favor? Are they preserving him for the limited overs game? But arguably, he doesn't play all that many limited overs matches now. What happened with Bhuvi? And let's remind people that the last time he did play a test match, it was versus South Africa. It was in January of 2018, and he was the man of the match. So, what happened? What's going on with Bhuvi? So, was that the Eden Gardens test match that he took some wickets in? No, that was in that was in Johannesburg. Oh, in Joburg. Okay, wow. Um, I mean, just for context, he's played twenty-one tests. He's taken sixty-three wickets. Economy rate is below three. His average is twenty-six, so it's not the best, but it's not that bad. I mean, it doesn't feel like we t- when we talk about batsmen getting an extended run, it doesn't feel like Bovi's gotten enough of an opportunity having one man of the match the last time he played because he took. Three wickets in the first innings and a wicket in the second innings. Yeah, and I think in that series as well, he played the first test, got dropped for the second test and then played the third test and got man of the match right on that dodgy pitch in, in Joburg. But I don't know, to be honest, man. Um, he seems to have been slotted, I think, as a limited over specialist. Uh, maybe it has fitness issues. Uh, maybe there's a rotation policy. But Umesh, to be fair, has done pretty well at home in test matches. May not have set the world afire with wickets. But um, he's bowled some pretty decent spells. He's he's quick. He's uh, hopefully stopped bowling that ball down the leg side every over. But he's bowled some tight spells and that contributes to pressure. And I think that's what they've gone with. I mean, Bhuvi was more of a swing bowler, whereas Umesh has actually got paced through the air. So I think that's what they've gone with. So I think Bhuvi is probably unlucky to miss out. But... I don't think him. He, he actually has a role in home test matches on pitches that don't offer him much assistance, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. I think disappointing to see him having fallen out of favour. So I think we're pretty clear on our 11. It's for the first time in a long time, I don't think there's going to be too much additional debate in the last 24 hours before a test. Obviously, Kohli and Shastri have surprised us before. They could do it again and come in with a wild card. Varun, before we cut to a quick break, I want to just quickly ask you about Shubman Gill. So, outstanding kind of list A and first class record over the last few months or few years even. Probably earned his call up to the squad, but does it seem like he'll get a game? And if if not, is it better for him to keep playing domestic cricket or is it good for him to be on the sidelines learning with the, the main 11? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a game, very honestly. I think because the lineup, as we discussed, is quite sorted. So, the way I see it is, uh, aside from any injury, he will not play. But I feel like it's better for him to be part of this setup. He's somebody who is going to make his way into the team and the playing eleven very soon. And uh, the more experience you get, the better it is. I mean, playing at this level is completely different. Playing with these guys who you've been watching on TV for the last five, seven, ten years. I think it's a, I, I think it's a very good decision to have him in the dressing room. 
Interesting. I think I agree with that. Let's hope he does eventually get a slot. But more than that, hoping that India's 11 can perform admirably in the coming contest series. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We will come back and talk about the South Africa 11 and other things from the world of cricket this week. So join us after this break. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We have just finished previewing the Indian side for the upcoming India-South Africa Test Series, the first test of which kicks off on October 2nd in Vishakhapatnam. So that's Wednesday of this coming week. We want to talk a little bit quickly about the South Africa side. So, DJ, let me start with you. The big question everybody's asking is, this is it, South Africa's first real Test Series since Hashim Amla retired. Do you think South Africa has the batting depth and the batting strength that it takes to move on in the post-Amla era, or is this going to be a blow-away series for the Indian bowlers? So to tell the truth, I don't know enough about enough South African batsmen, and it's going to be batsmen that uh, win your series in India. We saw in 2012, it was the English batsmen that helped the English bowlers win the series, right? Um, Markram is obviously in some sparkling form. He's got two hundreds on tour already. He's, uh, he's looking good, and he's a known quantity. He's succeeded at the test level already. But there's no A.B. de Villiers either this time. So the last time these two teams played, every time South Africa were in trouble, A.B. would come and score a quick 50, 60-odd, right? And would just bail them out from their situation where they were 12 for 3 on the first day in the Cape Town test, for example. Uh, so there's no Amla and there's no A.B. de Villiers. Um, Faf is obviously a class player. Makram is a good player. But I don't know enough about the other players. I think there's... Uh, is there Rusi? Is, is Rusi part of the squad for South Africa? I don't think so. I think what's interesting is Bavuma is there and there's a lot of chat about him, right? Uh, he himself is coming out saying, I can play T20s and stuff. But I think within the South African circles, he's very well regarded as a as a test batsman. You've got your Dean Elgar there. You've got, of course, De Kock. So I think they've, I, I think they've got a decent lineup. Um, but I don't think it's as strong as we have seen. Pretty much exactly, DJ, like you said. Yeah, and I, I just wonder what kind of pitches we're going to serve up for them, right? Because uh, there was one season where we just gave them turning tracks and bowled them out for fun. But uh, I don't know whether that uh, that's going to be Kohli and Shastri's ask of the curators. So, uh, I think that the, the series will turn on how the South African batsmen adjust to the conditions. Yeah, interesting. I think that's a good point. I think Varun mentioned it well. Like, Rassi van der Dusen is not playing, but they do have a reasonably strong batting lineup on paper. Varun, let me ask you quickly about the bowling. So, obviously, it's interesting that you think about batting. South Africa has to move on in a post-AMLA, post-AB era. But in the bowlers, they have to move on from a guy who took 439 test wickets in just 93 matches. And, of course, I'm talking about Dale Stain. So, Kagiso Rabada is basically now the spearhead of the attack. I think Philander's got a ton of experience. But as that out-and-out pacer, they're going to be looking to Rabada to do that. Do you think he can fill the ginormous shoes that Dale Stain uh, used to walk in for the South African side? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think Dale Stain from five, seven years ago was a different 
guy altogether, complete class act. But over the last couple of years, one at least whenever India has played them, you've never really felt a threat of Dale Stain, maybe because he's never played a full series or not in my memory. I personally, what my view on this entire test series is, it's going to come down to how well the Indian batsmen can face these bowlers, right? Because everyone is assuming India is going in as favourites. It's a home series. Um, you know, India's got the best batting lineup right now. But honestly, with Rabada, Philander, Maharaj, Ingiri, it's not going to be that easy. So if you take your eye off the ball or if you think this is going to be, you know, a, a, a game where or innings where India is going to score 400, 500. My prediction is that's not going to be the case. The ball will still move in the first 15 overs. And so the Indian batsmen have to be extremely watchful. I, I do think South Africa's bowling is much better than their batting. And I think uh, if there's any threat for India, it's going to be from them. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And I think it'll be really exciting for us to see what sort of pitches we come up with for the South African team touring. I think there's been a lot of discussion through the English summer about... England complaining a little about the pitches, etc. Jimmy Anderson, of course, spoke out about them. But Varun, let me wrap up the India-South Africa preview with you since you mentioned it's not going to be that easy. There are three tests being played. The first is Vishakhapatnam, the second is Pune, the third is Ranchi. By the end of the third test and on October 23rd, what is the scoreline going to be? I'm going to say 2-0. To India. DJ, your prediction? I, I, I don't know why we... What's going to happen in, that, in the third test? Is it going to be rain? No, I think the cock and faff are going to pull off a draw. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I'd go with... I think I'm going to go with 3-0, man. But we are a very, very strong team at home. We don't even give the Indian team enough credit when they play at home, to be honest. I mean, I'm thinking back to like the 96 tour when South Africa came and we beat them 2-1. And that was seen as an upset, right? When Shreena took all those wickets. I think it was in Ahmedabad. He took uh, last, last innings, took a bunch of wickets. And uh, then we won in Kanpur. And then we've, uh, I mean, we won 3-0 last time, but South Africa are not an easy opponent to beat. Though, I still think that they're not going to be any draws. I think last time there were four test matches and we won 3-0 because something was rained out. So, barring a rain-affected game, I think we'll still win 3-0. And people won't even bat an eyelid. They'd be like, yeah, this is just par for the course. Uh, Kohli's a guy who bullies other teams at home and stuff. So, unfortunate, but... (laughs) I think 3-0, my prediction. Okay, so 2-0 from Varun, 3-0 from DJ. I'm actually going to go a little bit, I'm going to go a little bit off the radar and say 2-1. And I think just for all the reasons you guys have been talking, I think there's going to be one match where India will grossly miss Bumrah and Dikak, Faf will all bring their best games and we'll probably lose one. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's uh, where we're going to end up, but we'll still take the series. All right, 2-1 is my prediction. That brings us to the end of our India-South Africa wrap for the for this upcoming test series. By the time we talk to you next, we should be on day five of the final test. We'll probably hold off and join you once the final ball of the first test has been bowled. So we'll know if any of us is on track for the right prediction. All right, guys, we're going to talk about a few other things in the world of cricket. And I'll come to this first because you mentioned this guy playing test cricket. But Suresh Raina has come out and made a statement that he hopes to find his way back into the T20 squad ahead of the World Cup next year. He thinks he can slot into that number four position. Varun, let me ask you, he's one of your favorite players. I think for ten for the first 10 years of fantasy cricket, you'd never played a Chennai game with Raina not in your fantasy team. I think this past year was different, right? It was the first time you didn't. But do you think this is going to happen? Do you think he's just trying to find a way to be relevant again? What's going on? So not only did I not play a game without... Uh... 
without him in my fantasy team. Even Chennai didn't play a single game without Rana in their team <laughs> for the first 10 years. Fair so enough. that shows you how good he is. Mr. IPL, I think he's called Chinnatala. It sounds like Chin Nutella, but anyway, um, I feel like having some dessert right now. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I won the only fantasy ever, I think, 2014 T20 World Cup because Raina hit in the final. So, he's special to me, but uh, Cricket for released a pictures where Suresh Raina said, I can be the number four for India. I've batted in that slot before and delivered. I'm looking forward to an opportunity with the two T20 World Cups. Of course, I had to take a screenshot and send this around to everyone I knew. And a lot of people actually believe that this is like the selectors having made a statement. But no, Suresh Raina has self-proclaimed that he is ready for this uh, opportunity. Uh, I don't see him coming in. But yeah, it's, it's it's good to know people are still hoping. Yeah, fair enough. I think I, I'm 100% with you. I think it would be a step in the wrong direction. It would honestly be Rayudu-esque, right? Like pick the slightly older guy, pick him for experience. And then we know how the Rayudu story went down for the ODI World Cup. Actually, Sesh, Sesh, uh, one of my friends, Sesh, uh, messaged me saying that it looks like Raina has been hanging out with Raidu uh, when that when that picture came out. So exactly. Like that. I mean, they bat for the they bat for the same team now in the IPL, right? So, DJ, anything to add on the Raina discussion? Yeah, two things actually to add. One, Raidu's back, obviously, out of retirement, and he scored a duck today. So that's a good way for him to come out of retirement. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, you Varun, you mentioned a picture released by Crickinfo, which you sent around. What you didn't uh, mention was the picture that Ashwin sent around, which is one giraffe on top of uh, a baby giraffe on top of the mother giraffe, which is titled Rena every time someone takes a wicket. So. Rena has a value other than his runs, I think. So, he should definitely be in the squad for me. Just to be a cheerleader and a, a bump batter, if nothing else. The head of the cheerleading squad. There you go. That's a good role for him. Every time there's a wicket, you can just visualize Rena running on the field with drinks and getting ready for some bump slaps. <laughs> Jumping on everyone, batting everyone. Great. All right, guys. Enough about Indian cricket for now. The only thing I'll wrap up to say is that Three new T20s have been added onto the calendar for January where Sri Lanka is going to play against India because obviously we haven't played against Sri Lanka just quite enough in the last few years. So that's going to be on the cards. I think I'm personally glad to see... Well, I'm glad to see more T20s in the lead-up to the World Cup. I think that's a good sign from the board. I do think it's not great to be playing Sri Lanka, but that is what it is. Yeah, we mustn't have played them for the last month, right? So we we need to have a series now. So we're, we're all going through India versus Sri Lanka withdrawal, it seems. <laughs> All right, a couple other things happening in the world of cricket. DJ, do you want to talk us through the iconic wicketkeeper retirement from the women's game? Sarah Taylor announced she's stepping away from the game. So talk us through her career a little bit. Yeah, Sarah Taylor announced uh, that she's going to take a break in uh, from cricket, actually a retirement from cricket because uh, she'd already been on a break for a year previously. And um, I mean, it, it's it's really good to see the accolades that have been pouring in for her. I mean, she was one of the outstanding wicketkeepers of the generation. And I think Adam Gilchrist said that uh, she's the best in the world. Uh, her icon, of course, uh, and her the person that she looked up to, of course, is a man very close to my own heart, which is MS Dhoni. Um, and she has watched MS Dhoni and tried to emulate him. And I think in some ways, I've actually gone ahead of him because her stumpings down the leg side, and we tweeted a link to some of those stumpings, are just lightning quick. So go and check out our tweet about her. It's just incredible, the presence of mind that she has, the athleticism. And there are some videos where you're just like, how does she do it? Where somebody's throwing two cricket balls at her and she's catching them in two different hands. 
at the same time it's just i mean it's flabbergasting what she does with with that an incredible wicketkeeper very naturally talented and i mean an excellent excellent batsman as well her stats i mean she's played only 10 test matches uh, she doesn't average very high with the bat in there but i think where she really shone was uh, the odis where she averages 39 and she's played 126 games she's got 700s 2050s and t20s as well so she's a world champion in both of those formats of the game and of course she's had to retire because of troubles with anxiety and stuff so we wish her well but uh, i think she's been an icon both on and off the field lots of people have started playing the game because of sarah taylor and i think we just wanted to really wish her well in her future endeavors i think she will remain involved with the game even if she's not a player so uh, look forward to seeing her do that some maybe she can take on something like what james taylor did with the uh, english cricket team on the men's side yeah thanks for that i think really well said and very fitting so always sad to see such an iconic player of the game go but we wish her well in the future i think it's interesting where 2019's been an interesting year for best in the game wicketkeepers and those lightning fast stumpings you mentioned him but obviously one has officially called it quits one is kind of on sabbatical or we don't really know what's going on but that's fine we will deal with them as honey in future episodes probably every every other episode between now and when there's more news So it's been 34 minutes before you brought up Dhoni. I know this, I know you were keeping count this time right you brought him up a few <laughs> seconds earlier so technically 33 minutes but anyway I can't help it I'm still in shock as to why what's going on with that but we'll keep going Varun there's a couple other things from the news uh, from the world of cricket news with Afghanistan and Pakistan both appointing new coaches do you want to talk us through that really quickly Yeah so both uh, both teams have got a new coach I'll start with Pakistan Mickey Arthur was removed and actually I was reading an article which said um the pcb's chief executive wasim khan uh said that there was a lot of robust questioning and in a cricket committee which included wasim akram and misbaul haq they finally decided to kind of you know ask him to step down and then misbaul haq was then appointed as the head coach and chief selector across all three formats for um for pakistan cricket on a three year contract and wakar yunus will be the team's bowling coach So I personally think it's 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 good for the team it's good for the side I mean Pakistan is the rank number 1 in T20s right now there are T2 T20 World Cups coming up and I think having a combination of Wakar and Misbah will be will be really good for the team they'll probably be able to identify with the players a bit more and help them with more than just kind of their um their batting and bowling skills so I think it's a, I I personally think it's a good move um on for Pakistan cricket and Misbah can teach everyone the scoop shot yeah exactly and Shishant can just be waiting for the catch <laughs> um which by the way incidentally was also this week right dj i think 12 years ago um sometime this week is when we won that t20 epic final yeah it was it was it kicked off the ipl revolution man yeah I what time that was you, t- you tweeted about that so but anyway good news i think from my perspective for pakistan cricket the exciting news for me is afghanistan has appointed a new coach and it's no one else but lance kluzner and for our generation of uh, fans lance kluzner had to be one of the most exciting names there was in the 90s and probably early 2000s in uh, all forms of cricket at that point he was just a great all-rounder and i think the fact that he's been a bowling coach for the mumbai indians he's been a batting coach for south africa some uh, domestic leagues within south africa just kind of shows you that I mean he he is an exciting cricketer Afghanistan is an exciting cricket team Rashid Khan is one of the most exciting cricketers we have today I personally am 
I mean, I couldn't use any other word except excited, but I am very excited to see uh, Klusner and Rashid Khan combination for Afghanistan. Fantastic. Thank you. We we always knew at the end of a big World Cup, there was going to be some new appointments. And so I think we're now, what's interesting for the three of us who've been watching cricket a long time, to see players who we've saw playing pretty much their whole careers now step into coaching roles. I mean, Dravid's doing it with the India A team, but obviously Klusner and Mespa. For me, pretty exciting stuff because it's always been players I didn't see growing up coaching side. So I guess that means we're getting old, right? Anyway, in lots of interesting stuff, guys. Thanks for staying with us. I think our final thing we wanted to quickly talk about is the India versus South Africa women's series going on. So pretty disappointing that there have been two matches abandoned due to rain, two of the first three T20s, two T20s left. But in the one match that was played, the Indian women took that match by about 11 runs. So they batted first, but on 130 you know, a couple of decent performances. Harman Preet leading from the front with 43. But then the standout for me was defending a target of just 130. Deepti Sharma bowls this magnificent spell. Highlights are all over the place. If you haven't got a chance to find them and see them, four overs, three maidens, and three wickets for just eight runs. So that was a game-changing spell. Obviously, she ended up winning player of the match. And let's hope there's more cricket. Honestly, that's the only thing I can hope for now is that the rain stays away from Surat. They've got two T20s left, and then they move to Vadodara for three ODIs. So lots of good cricket coming, both on the men's and women's side. That brings us to a wrap for this week. So thank you for sticking us through episode 77 of the Edison Sledges Cricket Podcast. If you don't follow us already, we're all over social media at one tip, one hand. That's the number one, T-I-P, number one hand. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. Reviews are our favorite thing in the world. So if you want to have your review read out on the air, give us five stars and send us a screenshot of it. And we will make sure if it's PG and uh, family friendly, we'll make sure to read it out. But again, that brings us to the end. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will be back with you at the end of India, India versus South Africa, the first test match. And hopefully we'll be sharing some positive news on some great standout performances by the Indian side. So thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bhaman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries 
with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.